0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? We missed you. We took a week off for spring break and Easter, but we are glad to be back. Join us today as we start a new sermon series uh, in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. We are on the first part of the Beatitudes today. Um, We are going to talk about what does it look like when Jesus says blessed versus what we usually think about here in Western culture when we say blessed. Also, we're going to talk about uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness and how God satisfies us. And then we're also going to talk about a servant's heart. Listen, this is going to be a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Chris, what's going on, my man? How is it, man? I uh, had to unmute you there for a second. My bad. That's okay, no problem. So we've been gone for about two weeks. Yes. Um, I know you all went on vacation to Atlanta. Um, I have a question for you, real quick. Yes. As a past, oh, as a pastor. Yes. Um, I was telling my wife the other day. Uh, pastors usually, I think, for the most part, and I would even say, not just pastors, all men are age. Maybe I'm wrong about this. We struggle to find, like, our style. Like, usually it's, like, whatever our wife gives us to wear, right? Yes, but yes. I'm not that way at all because my wife doesn't like to shop. And so, like, I've had to fill out here recently, like, my style. Because for the longest time, A, I was younger, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm 31. But B, I was a youth pastor for so long. And as a youth pastor, you do feel kind of like, not that you have to dress like them, but you can't can't dress not like them. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So yeah. for the longest time, my style was, you know, Air Maxes and hoodies and, and T-shirts. And uh, if I had a meeting, I would wear a, a collared shirt. But right. for the most part, it was that. Well, now I'm in a different role here. Um, and I am I told Ariel the other day, I was like, I got to find my style. So do you have <laughs> – I say that to say I'm trying to connect with you, listener. I don't know if any of y'all right. are, like, shaking your head like, yeah – I don't really have a style. It's whatever my wife tells me to wear. So, Chris, do you have a style? You know, honestly, I don't ever think about
1: this. I don't ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I go into a store somewhere, I'm like, I like that. Uh, it could be last year. It, I don't. I don't. Um, I know one thing for sure. I'm not a skinny jeans pastor. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, that's you know, not going to be that. I'm also not the coat and tie guy. Um, I just more about maybe comfort and, you know, presentability, I guess. But like, I mean, today it's a Thursday and I wear shorts today because <laughs> it's going to be 85. <laughs> but I don't necessarily always think about that. Now, if I know, for example, I've got to be in the hospital today, I I need to dress it a little bit. Yeah. My coll- I've got a collared shirt on today, but I could also go play nine right now and it would look about the same. So I so. think
0: I found my style. Yeah? I think I found it. I think it is. And I think it was my style before I got into youth ministry. Um, Golf slacks. Yeah. Golf slacks, tennis shoes, yeah, and a tucked-in collar shirt. Collar shirt. I think that's me. I think that that's you, what I'm rolling with. You going to go with that? And then we'll go in the fall, we'll go with a quarter zip. Now, I will say
1: this. I will say, I am a huge winter times, I'm a vest guy. That,
0: that That's really weird so, to me. I like vest. And I'm not saying they yeah. look bad, because I like wearing them. But when yeah. you think about the concept of vest, it's like, okay, only my torso is going to get cold. Yeah. Which is the furthest thing from the truth. <laughs> Usually my arms it starts at my fingers and then my arms right. and then the torso is the last to get cold. Yeah. But for some reason people wear vests like, Oh, this is just my torso jacket. Yeah, this I'm just I'm good. <laughs> this is a light a light wearing. Yeah, I know.
1: But that's me. I, I like those. I don't know why. I just I have them. It's
0: so a, two things. One, yeah. if you're listening, uh and you're a fella, tell us if we're right or wrong. Uh if you or I say right or wrong. Tell us if, if you're in the same boat as us or if you're a lady. Uh, and you say these guys are idiots, um, yes. uh, you know, we're always up for some good fashion advice. The um, thing about pastors is we don't make a ton of money, so you got to, you know, I usually get my clothes from the Play-Doh's closet because they were somebody else's. Um, <laughs> and so... So they were cool, really good at one time. Yeah, right? they, and they, even, they're they coming could be back. cool now and somebody just back. lost a bunch of weight or somebody gained a That's bunch right. of weight, and then I'll wear it. So anyway... Coming back. Yeah. Um, some of y'all be like, "What are they even talking about?" But we do try to connect with you all as as listeners. So, hey, man, we were in Matthew chapter five this week, uh, a little bit uh, um, inside baseball or behind the curtain, a little bit. Uh, Chris preached verses one through six, and then because the beatitudes there are um, eight of them, we wanted to give them their rightful time. Uh, We didn't want to do one per sermon and make them eight sermons because at that point I feel like we would over-spiritualize the text, Um, but we also didn't want to do all eight in one sermon because that is really difficult to unpack those things in 35 to 40 minutes. Uh, you listening right now, and you say sermon. Keep it to twenty five, bro. <laughs> uh, but we usually do thirty five yeah. to forty. So, uh, and so what we did is a little inside baseball. We took it and divided it into half. Um, and so Chris took verses one through six, and then this Sunday I will be preaching seven through twelve. And so what we had to do is you and I sat together and we wrote out the introduction uh, together. Um, and then we wrote out the conclusion together because you would do the introduction of the whole sermon. I was going to do I'm going to do the conclusion of the whole sermon. And we're like, Hey, we got to get this together. Um, and so the good thing about that though, is we both have been studying it. Um, one last thing before we hop in, uh, I want to, um, encourage you guys to, and I will link this, um, on the Facebook post, and I will also, if I can, I'm not sure if I can, I will try to link it in the podcast uh, on Spotify and Apple. If I'm unable to take notes on what I'm about to say, uh, I want to encourage you all. If you want, if you want to go along with us in the Sermon on the Mount, to purchase a resource. Uh, it is called Christ Centered Exposition, Exalting Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, what this is, is it is a, a commentary, and if you don't know what a commentary is, all that is is basically breaking down the scripture uh, and seeing what its meaning was to the audience then and how it can apply to us. Um, but this is a different type of commentary than usually I've been used to or maybe you have been used to, um, and it breaks it down almost in a devotion style. And then what I really love about it is at the end of each each section – Um, there's usually about 10 questions, um, that you can ask yourself, or if you're doing it with your wife, you can ask one another. If you're doing it with your family, you can ask your family. It's a really, really good resource. Uh, and I want to encourage you to grab it. If you're a church member at CUD, we have it in our resource center. Uh, you can thumb through it and then order it on Amazon. Um, Anyway, really good resource for any listener, whether you're a member at CUD, Come to CUD, or you're just a listener of the podcast and want to go along with us, especially if you're not uh, hearing Chris's sermon or here at the church to hear Chris's sermon every week. That is a really good resource um, to study God's Word, uh, to help you study God's Word. So Anyway, let's hop right into it. Um, One thing I wanted to talk about, Chris, is... We see in the Beatitudes, as many of you all know them, um, Jesus lays out a blessed uh, are something, blessed is this individual. And then he gives a reason why they are blessed. And so just uh, verse 3 alone says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, and why? Why are they blessed? For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And what he's doing here is he is describing um, the characteristics of a disciple of Jesus. Right? He gets these people that want to follow Jesus in verse 1, um, or sorry, uh, is it verse 1 or 2? Verse 1, it says, they. Uh, after he sat down, his disciples came to him. His disciples at this point weren't just the 12 uh, in this context. It was anyone who wished to follow him. Uh, and he says, blessed are, and he goes through and names eight things, and he's basically saying, hey, look, this is going to be your character. And then he follows each blessed with a why. Why are you blessed? And so um, I want to ask you, Chris, when it mm-hmm. says blessed are the poor in spirit, Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those, or blessed are the humble, and blessed uh, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We look at all these. If we were just to take poor in spirit, uh, those who mourn, humble, uh, or humility, uh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That doesn't look like what we would call blessed people. When we well, ha- Compare the <laughs> right. two of what yeah. we think blessed is yeah. versus what Jesus says blessed is.
1: I think the the primary difference in the default experience, uh, response that we have as human beings versus what Jesus is teaching here, I don't want to oversimplify it, but the difference to me, and I think we can talk a little bit about how this looks in our lives, is that... Our, in our humanity, and, I, and, and when we talk about being blessed, it's usually we're talking about blessed in the external sense of what we have or we don't have. It's two ways, because we, we can sit and, and share and talk about blessings that we do have. And most of the time, we start talking about things that are you know tangible, things we touch, a home, family or even even like even not that we don't touch a job, but we're blessed in what we do have. On the flip side of that, on the external, sometimes we say we're blessed in what we don't have. Like, for example, I know a lot of families right now um, who have children who are going through horrible sicknesses. Um, my children, all five of them, praise God, are healthy. So, I, so the fact that I see a blessing in that we're not going through something like that still is a lot external, um, and, and we kind of— um, kind of frame our blessedness in, in our humanity and what's happening or not happening in life. Whereas what Jesus I think here is teaching more is, is more internal. It's more of a state of contentment and rest and being in who we are when we're found in him um, and, and as we're following him. And so it's, it takes away from all the external things that we think make us blessed to the, the state of living within the blessing and the favor of God, that as we talk about these things that Jesus is teaching, they're more first internally built, um, and then later on how those play out and how we are treating, loving, doing, serving in the kingdom. So I think there's a little bit of, of simplicity to that in one sense of it, being externally motivated in how we answer that, and then what is really the sense of Jesus talking about on the internal mm-hmm. for us.
0: I think any time, and, and I don't want to become redundant in message, but a lot of times when I'm studying and prepping for sermons, the idea will pop into my head. I say the idea will pop into my head. The conviction enters my heart more than idea popping pop into my head. That this message, and once again, this is almost any time I'm studying God's Word. Man, this is counterculture. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, there's a reason Jesus is having to separate himself from the culture at this moment to take these people up on top of a mountain to say, hey, look, you need to know these things. Because right now, the culture isn't really teaching them. Uh, For instance, here in just a little bit, um, in a few weeks, we'll see that Jesus says, like, you've heard it said to love your neighbor, right? The culture tells you love your neighbor. You've heard it said and to hate your enemy, right? You this is he's saying this is what culture is set up. I gotta set up something different. Um and so I say that to say our culture is different than theirs. Um and I think what we see as blessed is probably a little bit similar to theirs, but we have just in the past ten to fifteen years, I think we've changed our definition of blessed a little bit because we as a culture compare so much and we compare our blessedness and how blessed we are which that word blessed um in the in the greek uh could just think of it as joyful or even happy happy yeah right so happy are those who are poor in spirit yeah. um but we we look at happy or joyful or or blessed um in comparison to others instead of this text yes um i just think we're consumed with comparison because two things, one, actually it may just be one, people are able to portray their lives on a much bigger scale than ever before, right you can yes. you can let other people in on your life in in a way that you never could before mm-hmm. twenty years ago and so a, you see more people you see more people's lives um. I just recently, and this isn't to brag. I promise. Um, I hate sometimes when people do this and they say it to like, "Oh, look how good I am." <laughs> it's not. I just needed it for personal reasons. I, I got rid of uh, social media, mm-hmm. and Ariel the other night she told me that so and so had a baby, and I go, "I don't even know if she's pregnant," and I felt so <laughs> left out. Left out right. But then I thought, you know what? I don't I don't even know that person really that well. I hung yeah. out with them in high school. Why, why do I? You know, why am I so sad that I didn't know they were even yeah. pregnant? Um, because we are constantly. We, we we look at other people's lives that we would have never uh, really cared about 20 years ago. <clears throat> um, and I say that to say we get so many pictures of other people, and, and I mean picture, not literally or literally, of their lives, mm-hmm. and we compare ourselves to that, and then we say, okay, how blessed am I based on based what on... they are showing me. Yeah. And you and I... You and I, listener, you and I, Chris, we both know that what people portray online is not reality. Absolutely. So now, all of a sudden, we're basing our joy and happiness on something that isn't even real. Well, we're basing it on something that isn't reality. We're basing it on what we see, what other people want to portray. Yes. Um, I, I got in a bad habit of, when I was on social media, of critiquing people's marriages. I would think, man... Are they okay? I haven't seen a picture of <laughs> right. them lately. Yes, yeah. And then I, I had to yeah. tell myself, like, quit being dumb. Like, not everybody right. puts their entire lives. People may think of that, like me, right now. Hey, is sure. he okay? Haven't heard from him in a while. Right? Well, you haven't called. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a phone? No. Yeah. Text no, me. Let I, me don't, know. I don't. I don't say that to. But but I do say that. We we compare ourselves. And we try to live up to other people's standards based on what we intake about them, based on what they portray, and that's not even reality. So there, our, our scale for blessedness is skewed in that. We're, yes. we're basing it on something that isn't even real. But two, we base it on, you mentioned it, physical and worldly things. Mm-hmm. And we say, all right, man. I'm, and, and I'm not saying it's bad to to reflect and be thankful for things that you have. Yes, like, like, thank goodness my kids are healthy. Right. Like, I'm thankful that we have a roof over our head. But is that where I'm finding my joy? Is that where I'm finding my peace? Is that where I'm finding, is my character defined by having a job, having yes. healthy kids, having a house? Or Jesus says, hey, look, you need to find your joy in these things. You are blessed You are blessed because you have this character. You are poor in spirit. You mourn, which really when he talks about mourning there, uh, Jesus is talking, and and the Jewish um, gentlemen and ladies that were sitting around, they would have known this. Um, He's saying, hey, you mourn as Israel, as a nation, because you were in exile because of your sin. You mourn. Blessed are the humble. You are going to be joyful. You are going to be blessed when you live a life of humility, when you thirst and hunger for righteousness that's when you're going to be joyful. And if we think about it, all those things are not external. So what does that mean? That means that those things are going to be everlasting, right? right? Like yes. we're going to be joyful when we when we live a life of humility because that doesn't that doesn't it's not weighty. It it doesn't shift sure. on on our job. It doesn't shift on the health yeah. of our children. It doesn't shift on the amount of money we make. You're just a humble person. That's your character. So therefore you yeah. are going to have joy. I don't think we appreciate how freeing that
1: thought is because we've, we see these things from the outside source as very, like you said earlier, as, as not things to count as blessing. It's very negative. But to understand, like, just in the very first thing about being poor in spirit, that's saying, you know what, I have nothing. It is all God. It is all God. That is so freeing when you find that contentment in that because so many people strive so hard in themselves that they never they never get ahead. It's anxiety, it's stress. It's just when you bear all the responsibility on you and me doing what I'm supposed to do, but to come and be like, "Hey, you know what? Nothing, none of this is possible. If it's God, it's all God." And 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 that's so freeing to know that it's completely and totally dependent on our awareness that he is the source of it all. I think when we grow into that, the freeing nature of that is is what when we really begin to find joy. We see how free that really does allow us to live in that. So you're right in that.
0: Well, and that leads to a really good point that we didn't even talk about pre-show. That um, what you just mentioned, you're completely reliant on God in these things. Um, When it gives the why, blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, why? For the kingdom of heaven is there. Blessed are those who mourn. Well, why are they blessed? Because they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are humble. Why? Well, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, why are they blessed? Well, because they will be filled. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Mm-hmm. God will, will give you. You can live in the kingdom of heaven. That is only done by God. You will be comforted. When you are mourning, when you need to be comforted, the only kind of comfort that you can find can, uh, that is sustaining is the comfort yes, yes. that only God can give. Yep why why do i be humble because you will inherit the earth what does that mean the the israelites the the jewish people that were listening to this when he said you will inherit the earth they would probably have gone back to the land of canaan and they would have said yeah i remember that promise. promise of moses yes. that they were they were going to inherit a land he says you you're going to inherit a land mm-hmm. you're going to inherit a new earth Right. And so yeah. and then those blessed are those who hurt, uh hunger and, and thirst for righteousness. Why? Why are they blessed? Because they will be filled. That is only a feeling and only a satisfaction that God can give. And so, yeah, are you finding joy in these things? And you have to rely on God alone because he's the reason why you are blessed. And we see it in each one of these. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that leads me uh to the next uh, to the next point here um talk a little bit about just these first three uh poor in spirit mourning, and uh humility um when I looked at the when i when I saw these three, I noted i was like man that that right there, I think about what Jesus is coming to do and how he is kind of establishing his identity. Um, and when he says this is what a follower of me looks like, he does say I do these things because this is what a follower of me looks like. Um, all I see right there is, like, characteristics of a servant in mm. those three specifically. Sure. Um, talk to me a little bit just about a servant's heart um, and how we, I guess, A, how, how why are we called, how are we called to be servants, where do we see that? Um, and then, B, how do we do it? Like, like, you're called to be a servant. How do we be a servant? And how how kind of, once again, have we messed that up in Western culture, the idea of service?
1: Well, I think, too, the first point is, you know, where do we get the calling from? We get that straight from Jesus Christ because, it's, you know, he teaches us that, you know, he even says of himself, you know, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. So, so I've heard people say this before. It's not unique, but you know that we are a, we are a, a most like Christ when we are serving, when we are, you know, living uh, under God's reign and rule. When we talking about kingdom of heaven, that's what we're talking about. So His rule and His reign over our life. Um, I don't necessarily. I think one of the, the things that we've kind of gotten off to is is and we talked a little bit about this is that not seeing servanthood as a position, but just rather a, an act of love. Uh, an act of placing others before ourselves. This is where we get all of these things, humility, seeing others needs before ourselves, seeing people more important than ourselves, looking at Jesus's ultimate mission um, uh, of sacrificing, giving his life as a, as an act of service. Um, so I, so I think that, that as, as he's teaching through these and we see these characteristics, services, the characteristic of who Jesus himself was, we're commanded to be like that. And, and, and so, um, and our again, and we, we throw these words around a lot. I threw them around on, in, our, in our class on Sunday night that I'm doing with our deacons, is that we get so consumed with doing that we forget about being in things. That, that if I'm doing this, then this must mean I am a servant, whereas the being part is so much more important because it's the heart of why you do what you do. So we don't just check off, I did this, so therefore I am a servant. It's not just the action, it's the heart of, the, of, of me doing what I'm doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that these three really hone in on that, that as these words of some of these commentators, that we literally are bankrupt for, before God. All God, we've said that, we don't have to go through that. We understand who we are because of the brokenness of the sin in our life. We realize that, that, and the humility that really, in truth, we got nothing to give to anybody it's all because God we even have this opportunity to pursue these things. And so it takes away the focus of the doing and puts it back on the being and who we are developing, who we're coming into, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, I think it really does. And I think that's really good. And um just to reiterate a little bit, um, I do think we as a as a church, not CUD specifically, um, but the church as a whole has really um and I don't think we've done this in a bad way, but almost turned service into a self-seeking thing. Like we need nursery workers. Well, people can serve in the nursery. And I don't, I don't want to say that's not serving. That is, that is serving God's kingdom. If and, and we need to think about everything we do at the church as serving if we are. So, for example, if you're serving in the nursery, you are not simply watching babies. Right. Right, you are serving God's kingdom. Well, how? It's it's twofold, could be threefold, fourfold. Number one you, in my mind, the biggest service people do that are nursery workers that are baby watchers. The biggest thing they do is they let their parents get fed and worship uh, right. You're watching a baby. Think about the couple that's been struggling in their marriage. Mm-hmm. You're giving them an hour time where they can be filled spiritually. Mm-hmm. Now, now, think about that. Now, now if we approach nursery working like that, man, I am serving the kingdom. Absolutely. Also, you're, you're serving babies. You're pouring into babies. Yes. You're, babies come to church, and now it's established, hey, we go to church. I've been going to church ever since I was born. Like, it's established. I need to be a part of this community. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. People took time to watch me just so I could be at church. So I could be at church. Um, and so I do think we need to think about serving at church as serving God's kingdom. But it doesn't end here. Like when when we uh, we have a Sunday school class, you and I went and met with a Sunday school teacher yesterday. Um, that wants to go over fruits of the spirit, and he wants to do that so that uh, that his class can see how they can serve and how God an- anoints them and enables them to serve. Um, and we we can't just talk about serving here at the church. Whether it's hey yeah you look you have a great gift go serve in youth. No, it, it's you have a great gift. You can do this here, but think about what you can do at your job. Right. Think about, man, you have the gift of hospitality. That's awesome you want to host us over for a Sunday school class. How about have your neighbors over? <laughs> right. Like right. like like, be hospitable. As that's, yeah. that's a gift that God gave you not just to serve kingdom uh, 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 citizens of the kingdom, but people that ain't here yet, exactly. people that ain't in the kingdom yet, future citizens, sure. serve them. Um, And I'm saying it's a yes and. It's not saying, right. hey, quit serving the church, quit thinking that's the only place to serve, but allow your service to expand outside of these walls because, once again, these are character things. Yes, These aren't do's and don'ts. It's not a, hey, serve at church, serve in the nursery, serve at VBS, right. serve as a Sunday school teacher, serve as an usher, serve as a welcome team member. Yes, and serve at home. If you're great on the welcome team, Man, what, what about going to your going around in your office every Monday and just saying, hey man, I'm so glad to see you. Yes. Yeah. What about that? That's that's service. And if you have the ability and skills and spiritual gifts that that allow you to serve on the welcome team at church, I am so glad. Don't let it stop after eleven fifteen on a Sunday. Right. Um, welcome your family. You you think about it, you can serve all throughout God's kingdom. We can't be so narrow minded to think we're only serving at church. Yeah.
1: In this, and I think one thing that we, and it's just from the very beginning of this, that is a good thought to keep in mind because it hits this so well, I think, is that keeping in mind what Jesus is teaching right here, he's not teaching people how to get saved or how to go to heaven. He's teaching him how to live the kingdom. So it's not just the end result of salvation. It's, It's this every day. And I think maybe unintentionally what we've done in the church for so long is we've wanted to plug people into a position because we want them to feel worthy and valued and contributing when, when that's great, that's part of it, but their worth and their value is not in what they do, it's in who they are. And so I think the intent was good. I think the, the execution lacked in that, but I think we've, we've all grown up in that. And so, but to, for, for some people, that's going to be a revelation in their life. So that like I say, some of you might be listening to this and thinking, oh, you mean I'm not done serving when we dismiss at the invitation. I served today. Or but for some people to make, you know, it's gonna real for their life, they're gonna realize I don't have to stop because I'm not a church. My service is not tied to a place, it is tied to the person. And I think that's a good a good point
0: in that. Man, thank y'all for listening today to another episode of CUD Talk. I'm so thankful for you listeners. I hope today's episode uh, poked you a little bit in some area that you needed poking. Um, And hey, listen, we can't wait to come back next week. We will be discussing Matthew chapter 5, verses 7 through 12. We will see you guys next week.